everyone. Welcome to Your Life, Your Design podcast. My name is Sophie Koo, and I'm so grateful to have you accompany me today as we talk about some ways of life that work uniquely for you so that you can start living the life that you love by design and not by default. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Your Life, Your Design podcast. Now, let's think about the resolutions you made at the start of this year. Did you decide to eat healthier? Sleep more? Read more? Work out more often? Quit smoking? Did you abandon these resolutions within a few weeks? Even though you know exactly what to do, that they are doable within your means, and that you will definitely live better when you do achieve them. If you did, you're not alone. So why is it so hard to actually do those things? Why do we find all kinds of ways to resist making changes we know are needed in our lives? Well, first off, change is hard. According to Katie Milkman, a behavioral scientist at the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. Change comes most readily when you understand what's standing between you and success, and then tailor your solution to that roadblock. If you want to work out more, but find exercise challenging and boring, downloading a goal-setting app, if you haven't already tried, probably won't help. But what if instead you transformed your workouts so that they become a source of fun instead of chore. Katie Milkman believes that the key to lasting change is to not set even more audacious goals or to foster good habits, but to get your strategy right. In today's episode of Your Life, Your Design podcast, we look at some of the limitations of our mind and how these limitations make it difficult to do the things we know we want and are good for us. We also explore new ways we can implement, creating habits that finally stick and that will yield more successful outcomes, according to the life we design. The goal of this episode is to provide you with new ways of thinking about and approaching change, and to improve your odds of success whenever you seek to implement any change in your life. These are also the very same tools or antidotes you can use to help others around you succeed in making their desired changes as well. So what are some of the internal obstacles that people struggle with in making desired changes and making them stick? One of the obstacles is our tendency to look at change as quick fix. Study after study has shown that achieving transformative behavioral changes it's more like treating a chronic disease than curing a rash. You cannot slap on a little ointment and expect it to clear up once and for all. Based on initial study conducted by Katie Milkman and Angela Duckworth, an American academic, psychologist, and popular science author, they found that they had a lot of success creating change during the period when they were intervening in people's lives and habits. They saw consistent patterns, that behavioral science was generating a lot of benefits, again, during the period when people were using the tools. 
But after those time frames ended, there was a lot of relapse. And they concluded that creating behavioural changes that lasted was far harder when these changes were treated as a temporary fix kind of problem. The antidote to this is to recognise the internal obstacles and challenges that stand in our way of change as chronic, and that they are present throughout our lives. By doing that, we also recognise that they won't go away once we have started treating them. They are human nature and require constant diligence and long-term commitment. Once we have developed new habits, we will need to continuously reinforce and reward the behaviours we want to maintain. At the same time, we also need to manage our environment to avoid picking up bad habits. By having this insight about ourselves and ceasing to look at change as quick fix, we can then create enduring change and see much better results instead of hitting a wall, which is what happens often when we look for quick fix. Another common and universal struggle that many of us experience is impulsivity, also known as temptations. We often make decisions quickly, driven by our tendency to be present biased, only to regret them later on. What present bias means, according to American economist Richard Thaler, is when we evaluate a decision and we're trying to make a choice in the heat of the moment, we tend to dramatically outweigh how much gratification we will get from our choice instantly and undervalue anything that will give us long-term rewards. This is also what leads us not to exercise and to sit on the couch, even though we know it would be good for us. It's what leads us to order the burger instead of the salad. So present bias is one of the most disruptive obstacles we face when it comes to achieving our goals, as evident from those examples. The problem of distraction is another internal obstacle that we experience. We walk into the kitchen and we cannot remember why we're there. We mean to make an important phone call and we get sidetracked. Very often, I open my email with the intention of replying to a previous one or to send a note to a friend. But when I open my email, there would, more often than not, be an urgent mail from someone else and answering that requires me to look for more information. And then, an hour later, I realised that I haven't replied to that original mail or sent that note to my friend. According to Katie Milkman, this can also be viewed as procrastination. And again, driven by our present bias which cause us to favour short-term rewards, or in this case, distractions, over long-term goals. Do you experience such distractions too? And how do they derail you from achieving your goals? Now, in addition to having short-term thinking, being impulsive and distracted, many of us also struggle with being forgetful. We promise to do something or to be somewhere, and then it completely slips our mind. The biggest cause of forgetfulness is our existing habits that lead us to live on autopilot. When we are going through changing behavior, we often forget our new practice and default back into our old pattern or habit instead. 
how much of your setback in achieving your goals is a result of not being able to break the habit of your autopilot. Lastly, for many of us, another defining problem we face is the challenge of laziness. We let our laundry pile up in the basket. We ignore the weird noise coming from our car engine. We tell ourselves, clean and healthy eating and gym starts next week. At work, we often take a shorter route to the desired outcomes. This is because we, human beings, have a preference to follow the path of least resistance. When faced with two competing options, we almost always favour the one that takes the least effort. I believe many of us recognise these barriers, these internal obstacles that we experience. We recognise that we are easily distracted, that we procrastinate, that we can be impulsive, that when given a choice, we would choose the path of least resistance, and that we give in to temptations. However, unfortunately, having this insight alone does not seem sufficient in overcoming them. For example, knowing that I was tempted by my favourite Black Forest cake last week does not mean that when it's placed in front of me now, I'll be able to resist it. Knowing that this is a problem allows you to begin designing solutions and strategies to combat it. It does not protect you from sabotaging yourself. Now, if being aware and having insight about these obstacles is not enough to help you overcome them, how do you then stay true to your commitment of, say, staying healthy, keeping fit, performing better, achieving other goals, or have the things we want to change about ourselves? Now, this is where the antidotes, the hacks that Katie Milkman and other researchers have come up with to help us combat these limitations and make these desired changes stick. In the year 2009, in Stockholm, Volkswagen wanted to encourage pedestrians to take the stairs overtaking the escalator in a metro station. So its engineers transformed a set of the stairs into giant working piano keys. The next day, when people approached the piano staircase and the escalator, they instinctively headed towards the escalator, but were intrigued when they noticed the staircase. Majority of the commuters took the staircase instead, hopping up and down and composing their own songs. This experiment found that the number of commuters who chose the stairs over the escalator increased by 66% after the staircase was turned into piano keys. Making things more fun is one hack that we can implement to help combat our laziness, for example, and change that behaviour for the better. This, in a way, is using our desire for instant gratification for being able to play a tune as we are running up and down the stairs to fight our tendency towards laziness. Although this seems like an obvious possible option for implementation, a research by Ayelet Fishback at the University of Chicago and Caitlin Woolley at Cornell University 
has shown that this is not our intuition when we think about how we're going to achieve a big new goal. Results show that only a small minority of people look for the most fun way to pursue their goal. What most people look for is the most effective and direct route. They found that people who chose the more fun route achieved better outcomes. Very often, we are so focused on how to get to our end goal that we do not think enough about this obstacle. That if we do not enjoy it, we are going to quit more quickly. So, the next time you are faced with a boring or challenging task or deciding on a healthier option, apply this fun theory. Add an element of fun and you will find that you not only enjoy doing them more, you also get better results. Another specific tactic besides looking for a more fun way to pursue your goal is called temptation bundling. What it is, is combining an existing habit with a new habit such that they can only be done simultaneously. For example, I had two problems. One was that I was struggling to declutter my home for the longest time. And the other problem was, as a result of COVID, online shopping has become so much more convenient and at very reasonable price tags and I find myself buying things and adding to the clutter. Now, I only allow myself to buy something when I have found an existing item to sell off or give away. I started to enjoy decluttering, and I also noticed that I'm making less frivolous purchases. Temptation bundling can be done in other areas of your life too. For example, Letting yourself indulge in watching Netflix while on your gym treadmill. Or only let yourself listen to your favorite podcast while doing household chores. Or save particular treats that you love to eat for times when you need to churn out content writing. Or even a favorite restaurant you only visit with a difficult friend or relative you had planned to see more of. There are many ways you can bundle tasks, chores, with pleasures. Making difficult things fun and bundling temptations together with challenging tasks can help us overcome laziness and distraction by cleverly turning our mind's tendency to be present-biased into an agent of lasting change. Now, what if you really cannot find a pleasure to be bundled with the task or there's simply no fun way of doing certain things like completing your thesis? Now, in such situations, you can create commitment devices that constrain your ability and choices to prioritize short-term pleasures over long-term goals and penalizing yourself when you do. In short, Coming up with a way to bind yourself in advance so that you can achieve your long-term goals without letting temptation get in the way of the desired outcome. This is similar to getting a speeding ticket and paying a hefty fine when we give in to the temptation of speeding. Studies have shown that when we ourselves set up penalty clauses or constraints on our future behavior related to specific temptations, we tend to not give in to them. 
Setting up a fine for yourself is called a cash commitment device, where you will have to pay if you do not achieve a goal that you have set to achieve. You put money on a line that you will forfeit if you do not achieve the specific goal you set. You get to declare what your goal is, what change you are trying to make, and define what the parameters are. What makes it work even better is that you can even choose to send the amount to a charity you dislike if you fail to achieve the goal, which makes it more painful, increasing the price of your vice. Another example of such commitment devices is a locked savings account that prevents you from assessing your money till you have reached your savings goal. So this approach of using different ways to constrain ourselves can be really powerful and effective. Another antidote that behavioral scientists have explored, which many of you might be familiar with, is breaking big targets into a series of smaller bite-sized goals. Bernadzi and his colleagues at UCLA did a research showing that if we invite someone to save $5 a day, people say yes to that at a far higher rate than if we invite them to save $35 a week or $150 a month, which, if you do the math, are exactly the same. But that bite-sized invitation of $5 a day sounds more doable and more easily accomplished. If you find yourself being overwhelmed when facing a new change, and are experiencing a high amount of mental and physical friction to get started. Katie Milkman recommends a fascinating way to tackle this obstacle, and that is to artificially create moments when people are more open to change. These moments include a fresh start date like starting a new year, starting a new week, starting a new month, starting a new school term, starting a new job, moving to a new city, meeting a new partner, and the celebration of holidays that is associated with fresh starts like Lunar New Year or maybe even Labor Day. According to her research, Katie Milkman found that people are more likely to be open to pursue change on dates that they feel like new beginnings because these moments help them overcome their sense that they have failed before and will thus fail again, and offers them a psychological do-over. Now, this fresh start is not just time-specific. It can also be starting with a clean slate. For example, allowing people to forget about what they have not done well up until now, to allow them to start afresh, so that they don't have to be mired in or endure any more of their failures. There are two things to note with fresh starts. One is that we need a lot more than simply a little motivation at the beginning to persist. A fresh start just gets us off the launch pad. To see and achieve enduring changes that are required to achieve our goals, we need to combine this fresh start motivation with the various tactics that I mentioned earlier. Second is that, based on research, fresh starts work well for those who are not getting the results they want. 
are failing and are having a tough time and are wanting that reset. However, for those who are performing well above average and are getting the results they want, any disruption to that momentum will cause their performance to decline. Next, setting up defaults in our lives also help us overcome our present bias, our tendencies, and care more about what's going to happen to us in future. What defaults do is they harness our natural laziness and turn it into an asset rather than a liability. The most famous study of defaults is a study that was done looking at people who were joining a new company that had a 401k plan, which is a retirement savings program in the USA. You could sign up for the program on your first day as a new employee, and all you had to do was to check a little box on the same paperwork you were going to fill out anyway, agreeing to have a little bit of your every paycheck taken and put into 401k. In 1998, a key change was made to the paperwork. Instead of checking a box to opt into the retirement saving program, it was changed to checking a box to opt out. This tiny change had a huge effect on people's savings decisions. There was about a 35 percentage point increase in retirement saving signups. This reiterates the fact that we tend to take the path of least resistance and that people are reluctant to take the effort to change whatever the default is, even if it's just taking a box. Now, this is a powerful insight for those of us who want to improve our own outcomes, that if we can set defaults in our own lives and take advantage of our own tendency to go with the default, it will help us make better decisions. For example, you can stock your pantry with the default foods that will help you achieve your healthy lifestyle. Or you could set a default automatic withdrawal from your usual bank account where your monthly paycheck goes into and have that sent straight into a savings account. There are many ways in our lives we can set up defaults and all we need to do is to just stick to them to achieve the outcomes we want. Planning such strategies ahead of time allows us to avoid falling prey to our own tendencies like present bias. So, we've explored the obstacles and challenges we face in changing our lives and habits. Statistics show that most of us, about 80%, fail in any attempt at change. The reality is, change is hard. There are no quick fixes. And the reason why change is hard is that we have so many different features of human nature working against us. We are distracted and forgetful. We are lazy. We are impulsive. We look for path of least resistance. All of which make change really challenging. Katie Milkman believes that you cannot solve a problem unless you understand the forces of opposition, which in this case include being aware of what your limitations are and what's holding you back. And then strategically overcoming them by figuring out these obstacles in a non-judgmental and discerning way. 
and then working around them. By being non-judgmental, we become more accepting and less resistant towards ourselves, enabling us to see the solution to the best possible outcome. And in order to get from where we are to where we want to be, we need a suite of strategies rather than a single tactic. And this is today's episode of Your Life, Your Design podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've gotten some value from today's content. Content that will empower you to design the life you love to live and to make changes that you desire stick. Or perhaps if you know of friends who might benefit from today's content, please do share this podcast with them. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to subscribe to the Your Life, Your Design podcast. This way, you won't miss any of the future episodes and it will also greatly help the visibility of this podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I'll be very grateful if you could rate this podcast and leave a review. Also, please feel free to write to me, whether it's in a form of encouragement, feedback, content suggestion, or share your story with me. It may become the content of future podcast episodes, where other listeners can benefit from. This is Sophie Ku, and you've just listened to Your Life, Your Design podcast. Until the next episode, take care, stay safe, and Happy New Year. <music>